وأقول في القرآن ما جاءت به آياته فهو الكريم المنزل وأقول قال الله جل جلاله والمصطفى الهادي ولا أتأول الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to another episode from the Muslim family brought to you by Al-Madrasa Tul-Umariya. And in this episode, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to be talking about Birrul Walidain and the Salaf. How did the early generations implement Birrul Walidain? And this is important because if you claim to follow the Salaf al-Salih and you claim that they are, you understand Islam the way that they understood it, so you have to look at how they understood concepts like this and how they implemented it. So you can understand what is meant by these ayat and the ahadith that we have heard of, you can contextualize it and, and understand how it should be implemented. And I'm going to start with an ayah uh, which relates to Ismail alayhi salam. And that is the statement of Allah Azawajal in Surah Al-Safat, فَلَمَّا بَلَغَ مَعَهُ السَّعِيَ قَالَ يَا بُنَيَّ إِنِّي أَرَى فِي الْمَنَامِ أَنِّي أَذْبَحُكَ فَانْظُرْ مَاذَا تَرَى قَالَ يَا أَبَتِ فَعَلْ مَا تُؤْمَرْ and I brought this ayah here, even though the ayah relates to two prophets from the prophets of Allah. I brought it because it is an example of excellence in Birrul Walidin. And I brought it because it's an example that is, it's, it's so amazing and so, it's almost, it's difficult for a person to even imagine or to even comprehend the sacrifice that Ismail was willing to make. And yet you see examples of sacrifice for Birrul Walidain among the Salaf, that you see that they truly understood from this ayah and from the ayat about Birrul Walidain and the ahadith about Birrul Walidain, they understood the real meaning of sacrifice and the real meaning of obedience to Allah and Birrul Walidin. And that is that Ismail, when his father Ibrahim alayhim salam when he saw in his dream and he said, my son, I've seen in a dream that I, I'm slaughtering you. I've seen in a dream that I'm slaughtering you. فَانْظُرْ مَاذَا تَرَى So what do you think? قَالَ يَا أَبَا تِفْعَلْ مَا تُؤْمَرْ He said, my father, do what you have been commanded. سَتَجِدُنِي إِنْشَاءَ اللَّهُ مِنَ الصَّابِرِينَ you will find me, inshallah, from the patient. So look at the obedience of Ismail to Allah Azza wa and look at his patience and look at his bir towards his father. Ya abatif al-matu'mar, my father, don't worry. Do what you have been commanded. You won't see anything from me except al-bir, except goodness and as-sabr and patience. That's all you're going to see from me. It's goodness. But I brought this ayah to show you, look at the bir of Ismail, how good he was to his father Ibrahim. Ya abatif al-matu'mar, satajiduni insha'Allah min al-sabirin. My father, do as you have been commanded. Obedience first to Allah. And you will not see anything from me. You will not find anything from me. Satajiduni. You, O oh my father, will find me insha'Allah to be among the patient. And that is why they call him Al-Ibn Al-Bar, the, the 
righteous child who was from the best of the people to his parents, Ismail alayhi salam. And this is just one example from the examples of the prophets alayhi salatu But it sets the scene for what we're going to talk about. And that is a narration from Usayr ibn Jabir that he said, كان عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عن إذا أتى عليه أمداد أهل اليمن سألهم أفيكم أويس ابن عامر Umar ibn al-Khattab when the people of Yemen would come to him, the delegations, the people in from, it's mentioned that they would come in the Hajj every year. Or perhaps uh, it could refer to the people who would come for other reasons in the army or whatever. But the people from Ahl Yemen, they would come every single year. And when they would come, every time Umar would say to the people of Yemen, is there a man among you called Uwais ibn Amir? Is there a man among you called Uwais ibn Amr? Hatta ata ala Uwaisin faqala anta Uwais ibn Amr? Qala na'am. Until he came to that one day, one time, he found, they said, yeah, there's a, there is a, a man called Uwais ibn Amr who came with us. So Umar, he came to Uwais ibn Amr. Umar ibn Khattab. Who is Umar ibn Khattab? After all of the Sahaba, he is the the second best of all of the Sahaba and the best of them after Abu Bakr radiallahu anhumah and Umar is the one coming to him looking for him he says are you Uwais ibn Amr? he said yes then Umar he said to him min muradin thumma min qaran are you from murad and then from qaran are you qarni Uwais al-qarni qala na'am he said yes قَالَ فَكَانَ بِكَ بَرَسٌ فَبَرَأْتَ مِنْهُ إِلَّا مَوْضِعَ دِرْهَمْ He said, was it the case that you had uh, this uh, disease of the skin, leprosy, and you became cured from it except for the spot the size of a dirham? قَالَ نَعَمْ He said, yes. قَالَ لَكَ وَالِدَةٌ He said, do you have your mother? And you, you, you are, your mother is alive and you look after your mother. قَالَ نَعَمْ He said, yes. Then Umar, he said, radiyallahu an, qala sami'tu Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul, yati alaykum uwais ibn amirin min amdadi ahlil yamani min muradin thumma min qaran. There will come to you a man whose name is Uwais ibn Amir from the people of Ahlul Yemen, from the, the delegation who came with from the people of Yemen, from Murad and then from Qaran. And he'll be from the tribe of Qaran he had this disease of the skin so leprosy and he became cured from it except for the space of a dirham and this is the shahid he has his mother and he is bar to her. He is he does birr al walidain. He does he does great uh, he, dutifulness to his mother. Law aqsama ala Allahi la If he swore to Allah for something to happen, Allah would make it happen. Fa'in istata'ta an yastaghfira laka fa'fal. He said, so if it's easy for you. For you to go to Uwais and ask him to ask Allah to forgive you, then do so. 
to make istighfar for you, then do so. La ilaha illallah. Subhanallah. For Umar ibn al-Khattab, and who is Umar ibn al-Khattab? For Umar ibn al-Khattab to go to Uwais al-Qarni and say, ask Allah to forgive me. Law aqsama ala Allahi la'abarra. If he made an oath and he asked Allah for something to happen, Allah would make it happen. Then Umar, he said to him, فَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِي He said, ask Allah to forgive me. فَاسْتَغْفَرَ له. So Uwais asked Allah to forgive him. فَقَالَ لَهُ عُمَرَ أَيْنَ تُرِيدُ Umar said to him, where are you heading to? قَالَ الْكُوفَ He said, I'm heading to Kufa. قَالَ أَلَا أَكْتُبُ لَكَ إِلَىٰ عَامِلِهَا He said, should I not write a letter to the governor of Kufa? Shall I not write a letter to the one who is appointed over Kufa that to make things easy for you, that whatever you want, you can have it, to look after you, to give you precedence? And Umar realized this is the best of the tabi'in. This is the one the Prophet specified that if you're able to ask him to ask Allah to forgive you, then do so. He said, should I not? You know, the honor of this person, and he's from the unknown people from the unknown people. He said, shall I not write a letter to send with you to the governor of Kufa? And remember, if Umar sends a letter, now the governor of Kufa is going to open the doors for Uwais al-Qarni. قَالَ أَكُونُ فِي He said, for me to be among the poor people is more beloved to me. For me just to be an unknown person among the poor people, I would prefer that. So he declined the offer of Umar uh, an, to send a letter to the governor of Kufa and he said, I would just rather be among the poor people. What made him the best of the generations after the Sahaba? The Prophet specified one thing, one thing, and that is the bir that he had towards his mother. Subhanallah. And we, no doubt there are other things reported from him, his zuhud, his turning away from the dunya, his ibadah, his worship of Allah, some of the things that he said. But the thing that the Prophet highlighted is how good he was to his mother. And while we're talking about the tabi'een, Imam ibn Sirin, rahimahullah ta'ala, the great imam from the tabi'een, is said that when he was with his mother, the people thought that he was sick because of how meek he was and how quiet he was and how he would not even raise his eye to look at her, that the people would say to him that, are you sick? Because of the way that he, how he would behave in front of his mother. And it's narrated from Ibn Sirin that he wouldn't eat at the same time as his mother because he feared, he said, I fear that I would take something and eat it, and she wanted to eat it. And Urwa, who is the nephew of Aisha radiallahu anha, Urwa ibn al-Zubayr, the son of al-Zubayr radiallahu anhu arda, he said, مَا بَرَّ أَبَوَيْهِ مَنْ مَدَّ إِلَيْهِ مَنْ نَظَرْ He said that the one who looks at his parents, and he basically looks at them for a long time or stares at them. This one has not done birr al-walidain. Subhanallah, this is how the tabi'een understood it. Ibn Sirin didn't used to eat from the plate in case he took something that his mother wanted. 
Urwa said, looking at your parents, the one who stares at his parents, this one did not do Birr al has not done Birr al They can't be considered to be bar, to be dutiful to their parents if they, if they even madda ilayhim uh, al They look at them for a long time and they don't lower their head in front of them. And Muhammad ibn Munkadir, Rahimullah ta'ala, the great Imam from the Tabi'een, he would put his cheek on the floor and he would say to his mother, put your foot on my cheek. Rest your foot. Put your foot and rest it on my cheek. And it's narrated from the great Imam Muhammad ibn Munkadir rahimullah ta'ala from the Imamat of the Tabi'een that he said, he said, my brother, when the evening came, the night came, my brother spent the night praying. And I spent the night massaging the foot of my mother. He said, I would never wish to have exchanged what he did for what I did. Subhanallah. I.e., I wouldn't, if he offered me to swap, and said to me that you would have spent the night in prayer and I would have spent the night uh, w- looking after my mother's foot. He said that, the, that looking after his mother's foot was more beloved to him than Qiyamul Layl, than spending the whole night in prayer. And it's narrated from Ibrahim ibn Hashim. When Jarir ibn Abdul Hamid al-Kufi in Baghdad on ibn al-Musayyib, when he came to the west, فقلت لأحمد بن حنبل تعبر said that Ibrahim ibn Hashim he said that when Jarir ibn Abdul Hamid al-Kufi came to Baghdad and he crossed over to the al-Janib al-Sharqi the eastern side the uh, the, the the river or the Ja'al Mad يعني النهر the river it came the, the flood came and it, it the river became uh, it became overflowing. So I said to Ahmed ibn Hanbal, Imam Ahmed rahimahullah ta'ala, Ta'bur, are you going to cross the river to visit this Shaykh of Hadith? Faqal, Ummi la tada'ni. He said, my mother doesn't allow me to do it. And my mother doesn't give me permission to cross the river when it is full when the, the mud comes, when it's overflowing. Al-Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah ta'ala, Imam, from the Imma of Ahl sunnah and he wouldn't cross the river for a hadith because his mother said to him that he wasn't allowed to go. The narrator, he said, فَعَبَرْتُ أَنَا He said, I, I went across by myself and I left Ahmed ibn Hanbal. Despite, despite how much Al-Imam Ahmed wanted to go and to listen to gain that hadith and that knowledge, he didn't cross the river because his mother didn't allow him. And it's narrated from Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash, uh, one of the imams of the sunnah, that he said, Kuntu ma'a mansur. He said, فَتَصِيحُ بِهِ أُمُّهُ وَكَانَتْ فَضَّةٌ عَلَيْهِ He said his mother, she was screaming at him and she was very hard and she was very harsh with him and she generally, and she had she was she was tough with him. She was tough and she was harsh with him. And she was screaming at him. 
وهو واضع لحيته على صدره ما يرفع طرفه إليها and he put his he was putting his beard in his chin on his chest and he never looked up at her and she was shouting at him an imam imam from the imma of ahlus sunnah subhanallah and the people turned to him an imam from the imma of ahlus sunnah and his mother is screaming at him and all he does is just lower his chin to his chest out of humility in front of his mother and it's narrated about Labbar. استأذن أمه في الرحلة إلى قتيبة. He had asked his mother permission to travel to Qutayba. Qutayba ibn Sa'id, the great scholar of hadith, to for talabul ilm, to write the to write the hadith. فلم تأذن له. She didn't give him permission. فجلس. So he stayed where he was. ثُمَّ مَاتَتْ And then she passed away فَخَرَجَ إِلَى خُرَسَانِ He travelled to Khurasan to reach Qutayba and she's passed away. He waited with her until she died. When she died, Qutayba was still alive. So he travelled to Khurasan to meet Qutayba. ثُمَّ وَصَلَ بَلْخْ وَقَدْ مَاتَ قُتَيْبَ So when he reached Belkh, he realised or the news reached him that Qutayba had died before he could reach him. And then the people, they began to say, oh, you know, they began to make it like, say, feel sorry for him. That, oh, you, you couldn't go because of your mother. And then you, uh, you know, you traveled after she died, you traveled to Qutayba only to reach uh, a particular place and then to realize that Qutayba has also died. And he responded with a response that is, Yuktab bima'id dhahab. It deserves to be written in golden ink. He said, هَذِهِ ثَمَرَةُ الْعِلْمِ إِنِّي أَخْتَرْتُ رِضَ الْوَالِدَةِ He said, this is the fruit of knowledge. I don't, be, don't feel sorry for me. This is the fruit of knowledge. I chose the contentment of my mother. Subhanallah, look at the, 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 how the Salaf understood this. He said, you're saying sorry to me that I couldn't go and listen to hadith from Qutayba or I couldn't go and, and ask him a question, or I couldn't go and write hadith from him. But I chose, this is why I got this knowledge. Why was I going to Qutayba for? I went to Qutayba to learn knowledge, and I learned knowledge to act upon it. Hadi thamaratul ilm. The fruit of the knowledge is you act upon it. The what was the point of gathering all of these ahadith? Was I gathering all of these hadith so I could just say that I have more hadith than the other person? I was gathering them to act upon them. I deliberately chose the contentment of my mother. That was a choice based upon ilm. It was based upon knowledge. So don't feel sorry for me that I missed out on Qutayba and writing the hadith from Qutayba. Inni akhtartu I deliberately chose for my mother to be happy with me because this is knowledge. Otherwise, what was the benefit in gathering all of those hadith? The benefit was to act upon them. And from the ahadith that he gathered and he knew about, he said the knowledge that I gathered, it was, the, it was what made me choose my mother and to choose for my mother to be content with me. And he didn't go out. So he didn't get to seek that knowledge from Qutayba rahimahumallahu ta'ala. May Allah have mercy on them both. So this is just a glimpse at how the Salaf al-Salih understood Birr al-Walidi. And wallahi, we are in great, great need 
of going back and gathering these ayat, the ahadith on this topic and the fiqh of this topic and the stories and the narrations of the Salaf al-Salih on this topic and really asking ourselves where do we stand with regard to Birr al-Walidin and I think that's a question all of us have to ask ourselves where do we stand in relation to that? Rather, subhanAllah, these are people who they preferred their parents over the things which are from the most important of the mustahabbat, like talibul ilm. And we, subhanAllah, perhaps disobey our parents in the things which are from the wajibat in the first place, that we're supposed to do in the first place. So we really, really need to ask ourselves, where do we stand with regard to this? And we need to double our efforts so that we're not from those people who are gaining rewards from something but losing more on the other side from something else. Or from the people who become busy with al-mafdool, the wasteful things. Or the things which are not so virtuous instead of al-fadil, that which is virtuous and honorable. So these are just a few uh, points that Allah has made easy for me to mention. And in the next class, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to go on to a new segment which is going to deal with Silatul Rahim, the keeping the ties with relatives and what that means and how we can do it. We will be leaving time for questions, inshallah ta'ala. If you do have questions, please email them to questions at amau.org and please put in the subject the Muslim family so that we know uh, that this, these questions relate to this particular uh, course. And inshallah ta'ala, at some point towards the end, perhaps after the course is finished or at the end of the course, inshallah ta'ala, we will deal with the questions that people have, inshallah ta'ala, bi'idhnillah. We will try our very best to deal with the questions that are put forward. That's what Allah made easy for me to mention in this episode. And Allah is journal's best. Wassalatu wassalam ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum. If you're enjoying these videos and you'd like to keep up to date with all of the courses we're going to be running, make sure you head over to amauathome.com.